Welcome to Coopercast, The Naked Songs, Episode Part 1. This is your host, Al's Naked Webmaster, John Sachs. Al talks about such wide-ranging topics as Jolie, the daughter of Quincy Jones, all the way to Richard Green, the bluegrass fiddler. All right, now we're recording, so everything you say okay. can and will be used be against, against you. <laughs> <laughs> we're here today to talk with Al Cooper about his last solo record for Columbia, which was called Naked Songs. And the, the, the first thing I have to ask you is, I was very disappointed in this album because with the name Naked Songs, I fully expected a completely nude shot of you on the cover, but no such thing. Why Why is the cover not you being naked? It doesn't... I wanted to disappoint people like you. <laughs> well, you, you and many others, I'm sure. Yeah, so there's no... Folks, don't get excited. There's no Naked Al. And actually, on a more philosophical note, I would say that the songs aren't naked in terms of instrumentation. There's only one. No, it was not named for instrumentation. What was it named for? It was named for the complexities of love. Oh, really? Complexities of love. Wait, how does that relate to the word naked? Well, it's like this is going to talk about it right to the bone. Oh, okay. All right. That's why I called it that. I understand you said you just give it a fresh listen and you don't love it. I was surprised. I thought it had some interesting stuff, and I made some notes to ask you some questions. Go ahead. There's second song on side A is As the Years Go By, which was written by... Dietrich Malone, I believe. Yeah. What's the... He's, Malone was a... He was a record producer in the 40s and 50s. Uh-huh. And uh, he was very successful, and he discovered a lot of people. And he wrote As the Years Go By. And what I the note I made was there's some rather cool blues guitar, which is played by you. Yes. You didn't bring somebody else in. I, I think it's some of your better blues guitar. So I just thought I'd mention that. The song Jolie. Now, Jolie was... It was about Quincy Jones' daughter that I was going out with. See, now that's a little piece of history right there. Song four on side A is called Blind Baby, and it's got fiddle by Richard Green. So this is, I'm always interested when you have country things going on in your generally R&B world. Richard Green was an extremely noted, he played fiddle for Bill Monroe, the King of Bluegrass, and if you go through the list of people he played with, there's not a lot of R&B type things on it, but... It's not an R&B song. It's not really, yeah. He only plays... Not like, even close. I, well, okay, but it's an Al Cooper. Well, I wrote it, but it's it's very countryish. It is very countryish, and it's very appropriate. I actually loved what he played. I wish he played the whole time. He only plays like one very specific passage, which is lovely. He was very sort of close to your universe, in other words, because he played with uh, C-Train. And That's all. how it came about. Right, because you knew guys who knew him. Well, C-Train was put together by one of the guys in the Booze Project. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, he's a very legendary fiddler. One of the things that he did, actually two guys did this, 
there were two guys who played with Bill Monroe. Bill Keith of Cambridge played the banjo with Bill Monroe, which is like the ultimate of bluegrass. And Richard Green played fiddle with Bill Monroe, which is like the ultimate. Both of those guys ended up playing in Jim Queston's jug band here in Cambridge. Really? Yeah. There was a period where Jim Queston's jug band with Maria Muldor singing and uh, Queston singing and uh, Jeff Muldor singing, who has got like one of the all-time coolest voices. It was such a happening thing that... Uh, well, I knew all these people yes, at that time. Right. Bill Keith and uh, Richard Green, they all jumped into the... In, into the Matter of uh, fact, I, I went to the um, Newport Folk Festival in 65, because uh, I always went. Right. I was into that. Was Queskin there that year? Yeah. I have, um, in my voluminous box of photos, I have um, a lot of photos from that backstage Right. From that, and there's uh, stuff with the Queskin bunch where I'm talking to them. This is sort of interesting where Al Cooper lives at the intersection of these different worlds, like the Jim Queskin and C Train. And well, that came about because of the Blues Project. Yeah. Because um, instead of being uh, taken into the hardcore blues world. Yeah. We got taken into the sort of folk music world. Yeah, you did Catch the Wind by Donovan. You did uh, Violets of Dawn by Eric Anderson. That's definitely not blues. Right. But but, but we love to play blues. Yeah. So we did that too. Yeah. Well, but actually as a little teeny, teeny bopper, uh, when I first heard it, that was one of the things I really dug about that uh, for, Blues Project album is that you would do anything you felt like it. It was really to me to go from Catch the Wind to uh, a serious blues number in the same band. As it was well. a very lucky combination of musicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only person I'm in touch with was the, is the drummer. Roy. Roy. Yeah. Who's a great guy. Yeah. And and our friendship uh, just became a friendship, right? Because he he was on the West Coast, ah, the West, and so I hardly ever see him. But he's he's come here a few times and stayed, and it was great to see him. He's a wonderful guy. Did he stick with uh, music his whole career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one other thing I was going to mention about Blind Baby, which is that there's a very lovely vocal thing that takes place like in the middle of some interesting sort of harmony things going on. That's the thing I wrote for the background singers. Yeah, but it's very unusual. It's not like standard background. There's this whole vocal weaving that goes on that I thought was quite lovely. I'm glad. Um, and then we have cut five on sign A. It's called uh, Been and Gone. And this I wanted to talk about because it was written by Annette Peacock. We were going out. Oh, well, well you were two-timing uh, Jolie at the time, were you? No, I was done with Jolie. Oh, okay. Or more specifically, Jolie was done <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't want to be a liar. I have to confess that I was very ignorant of Annette Peacock 
and I started, and I haven't, I started looking her up and stuff. She's, uh, she was, um, a very, she, she was in the jazz category. Right. And, and she was, uh, unique. She, there there she was, was no one quite like her. And, and she was, uh, uh, married to, um, Gary Peacock. So she kind of came from a world of jazz, heavyweight jazz stuff. And so you were going out with her. I was. She is just like from another world. She's one of these people who doesn't doesn't fit into neat categories. Or my world. Or your world. So, <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. So Gary Peacock... He's played with Bill Evans, Paul Bly, Keith Jarrett, and uh, there was this trio with uh, Jack DeJanet and Gary Peacock and Keith Jarrett. I mean, they were like a really big deal. So she got her last name, Annette Peacock, from Gary Peacock. Yeah. But at the time, she was a, she was unattached when you were... No, she was half attached. Half attached. So... um. Did you first meet her, like, musically or personally? I mean, did you, you know what I mean? Did you? Like... I met her musically. I I was I liked her album. Yeah. And I don't remember how I met her. Okay. But when I met her, I kind of lost it. In the sense that. I was very taken with her. Yeah. Well, she just seems like one of the most interesting people musically and personally uh uh and i'm really ashamed to admit i don't i don't i was never terribly aware of her so that's why i thought that was very interesting that you did a song that she wrote called uh, been and gone been and gone and it's kind of like uh an art that to me sounded like an r&b version of her song oh no no or al cooper version of her song no, it was. I mean, I was bound by the <clears throat> melody and chords of the song. Yeah, and it's just very avant-garde jazz. Yeah, hmm. not very R and B. This has been Kubercast, the Naked Songs episode part one, brought to you by Jug Band Memories. Look for more episodes coming up, and subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or just about anywhere and tell your friends.